knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves on the Paddle and Finn Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lavery. Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Ryan Milford, and we got Sean Lavery in here. Hey, guys. And today we are doing a, another host interview. We have the, one of the newest hosts here at Paddle and Fin. We got Armando Sola. That, got it. <laughs> all right. All right. I, y'all don't you nailed it. I, I had to ask him right before we started recording you know, to make sure I got it right. Yeah, y'all, I was so scared I was still going to butcher it. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our segment and everything. You know, I I think you're going to bring some, some cool new, uh, what am I trying to say? Some cool new stuff, you know, to, to the podcast that we didn't have already. (laughs) But, uh, for people that, you know, haven't heard about you coming on and everything, you want to give like a, like a little background on who you are what you do and all that good stuff sure man uh well like you said my name is armando sola i uh i live in texas right now i moved to the dallas fort worth area about 11 years ago i'm originally uh born and raised in puerto rico um started bank fishing out of uh lakes and and uh beach where my dad would take me fishing um so that was really what uh spirit that passion for fishing and like i was mentioning and i think and um the og show um you know uh as i started growing up you know fishing is expensive rods reels everything but i i love the passion for it i used to sit down uh every every weekend 
you know, and my mom said she would get up and I was already on the floor with my tackle box, my rods and watching like Bill dance and those uh, outdoor sports uh, programs that would come in either. I can't remember it was Saturday or Sunday, but she would say she, you know, she wake up and I was already there, you know, with my tackle box and everything. So I was a big fan of it. As I grew older, I got more into um, surfing and all that and bodies, uh, bodyboarding. Um, and then when I moved to Texas, that's where I learned uh, bass fishing and kayak bass fishing from a close friend of mine. So I've been for the last five years actively, you know, fishing uh, for bass. And in the last two years, I've been really focusing on kayak bass fishing. So it's awesome. What, do you, what do you fish for in Puerto Rico? Ah uh, man, I, I was so young when we started fishing out of the, I, I don't even remember, probably like catfish or stuff like that. I remember just uh, going to the, you know, the bank on the freshwaters um, and just digging holes and finding, you know, worms and then just throwing out a hook and throwing it out there. Um, and then the same thing, uh, well, when we would go like stay a resort or go to the beach or something, then I already had my tackle bugs with some soft plastics. I remember I used to throw like a makeshift Carolina rig because I saw one of the shows how they did it. And actually, I think that I remember I was really young, but my first catch was actually like it was probably like a small reef fish, maybe one or two pounds. I can't remember if it was a grouper or rock bass, whatever it was. I don't know. But that was my first um first uh catch and it was on salt water and ever since then man it's just it's been a passion uh, and uh <clears throat> for those of you guys who don't know where armando came from he's actually no stranger to podcasts he actually started his own podcast you want to talk a little bit about that armando yeah i started um uh, my own podcast called bass kayak and beers uh, uh at the beginning of february a lot of it inspired by Paddle and Finn and Dark Waters Kayak, uh, kayak Fishing Podcast. Um, I've always had the passion for like to interview people. Like when I growing growing up, when I was here, I was always interested in when they interview like superstars like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, of all different types of sports. And I was always intrigued on when, you know, the interviews they were doing all that. And so I really loved, I really had that generalistic uh itch uh with me all the time um it's funny and i'm going off topic a little bit when but when the whole um major league baseball steroid scandal started i would listen to players you know kind of like dodge questions and all that and i was always like you know who's training this guy to like <laughs> you know such successful but the stuff they're coming out of their mouths it's just like you know so simple if you just you know, uh, handle it the appropriate way. So I really love that. And watching fishing shows and watching Fluke Master, Chad Hoover, I always wonder what it'd be like to talk to them about it. Um, and it never occurred to me to do a podcast. I've never, like, I feel kind of embarrassed, but I've never realized the concept of, of a podcast. You know, my wife loves to, to uh, listen to podcasts. And I think I came home one day from work. She was listening to a podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, there is such a thing as podcast. And I wonder, it's like, man, I wonder if they're kayak fishing podcasts. And sure enough, I found you guys. I found uh, Doug Waters kayak fishing, and I immediately, it's like, man, this is something I would love to do. This is always what I wanted to do, like interview people, talk to people, 
uh, about something that I'm passionate for. So uh, I started doing it. Uh, well, I started posting it on my social media accounts um, on Instagram, saying that I was going to start doing a podcast. But I was super nervous about putting my voice out there, especially because English is not my first language. I always uh, self, uh, how do you say this? Uh, you see, forgot the word sometimes. Uh, but um, I always lack in confidence when I speak English. So I put it out there kind of like hoping that I would pressure myself to say, I put it out there, now I have to do it, now I have to start it. <laughs> and sure enough, like a week later or two weeks later, um, Josh Smith from Dark Waters Kayak Fishing, who I've never met, messaged me directly. And he says, hey, dude, what, you know how Josh Smith is. He, does, he's not, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. So he gave me that, you know, that uh, high school football coach uh, pep talk where he's just like, you know, getting you pumped up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start doing it. So I started doing it, um, and I would listen to you guys and listen to Dark Waters and kind of like not imitate, but kind of like get ideas and how you start, you know, how you guys do it. Um, so I started interviewing like anybody that I could get to come to the show. I tried to get um, tournament anglers, but of course they're already doing your shows and Dark Waters and all other oh, shows that yeah. out there. So it was a headache to try to get to get them. So I would just pick anybody out of social media and that's how I got going. And then um, I started listening to uh, Bass Fishing for Noobs and I loved the idea, like we were talking right uh, before recording that idea of uh getting to talk to experts of kayak fishing and getting their you know having first-hand knowledge like instead of just listening to them on uh on social media actually talking to them about how to uh, work a certain technique is like that's a great idea for me to you know learn because i have to catch up i didn't grow up from a bass fishing culture so i'm just catching up in the last five years and Bass is very, you know, very tricky to cast bass, um, unlike anything else, I, I, in my opinion. Now, I, granted, I haven't fished for a lot of things, but um, it's something that it's, oh, you're always learning, you're always working. So that got me into doing the segment, which was Kayak Fishing 101. That's when I started splitting my show. One was called Be the Call of Real Life, which is just talking to uh, people that love fishing, um, love kayak fishing, but also have a life. and want and try to juggle one thing and another um and i had the opportunity to do, talk to some great people that struggle with different things and how kayak fishing fits into them so that was my favorite show um and then kayak fishing 101 was to get them to talk about their techniques and something that i i mean i've learned so much from doing that that sorry i got long-winded there but that's how i that's nope. that was basically bass kayak and beers when we started <laughs> And, like, I completely feel you on the whole thing, like, trying to get, you know, people with, you know, a little bit bigger name in the industry to come yeah. on. When I when I started Bass Fishing for Noobs, like, you know, it started as its own podcast. And I, I was a nobody. Nobody in the kayak fishing community knew who I was. And, you know, then I, I, I couldn't hardly find anybody to come on. Yep. And, you know, I got Brian to come on and we did an interview and I guess he liked the way I went about the interview or something for some reason, because, you know, I've, those episodes that I did on the podcast are garbage. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, he brought me on and even still being under the paddle and fin name, you know, I still had a hard time there for a while. And you, I, I think now, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not 
I'm not a somebody or, or nothing like that, but, you know, more people in the industry know who I am from the podcast. And, uh, and so it's a little easier to, you know, get people to, and plus the podcast itself is, you know, Paddle and Finn itself has grown. So more people know about it and, and everything, but yeah, back then, dude, it was so hard. I can't tell you how many times I had to have a conversation with Brian, like, dude, I, I need help with something yeah. because, you know, I ain't got nothing for this week and, you know, I got like a day or two until my episode comes out and yeah, I, I ain't got nothing. So, that, you know, that, that I, and I got anxiety anyway, so that that sucks, that feeling like, am I going to be able to get that episode in time or not? But, yeah, ran over. Ran. <laughs> you know what, I, I do want to start another rant real quick, though. This is kind of off subject and I apologize, but you know, there's been some stuff going, okay, so, you know, my wife is pretty big into watching the show Glee, and, you know, I've watched uh, yeah. quite a bit of it with her, and one of the actresses from that show just yeah. drowned, and wasn't wearing a PFD. Where are y'all's damn PFDs? Like, I'm, I'm so sick of seeing people dying for no reason in the water for not having a PFD on. They're... They make too many different styles that are comfortable, that aren't very hot and all that, to not wear them. There's no there's no reason you can't wear it. There, there's no good excuse for it. Please wear your PFDs. You know, your, you know, your spouse, your kids, your yeah. parents, your siblings, your friends, all that. They don't want to have to bury you. So wear your PFD ones. Ran over mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, that that same weekend. Uh, Susie Roloff, not Susie Roloff, but she was on a tournament. And somebody on her lake, um, same thing, fell off the board and and, and drowned. Um, I was actually fishing on the Slay Nation um, uh, Texas Trail uh, that same day on uh, on Ray Roberts, and there was a guy. I think it was Jackson. Who's it? Was an old kayak. Uh, I think it was Jackson. He actually had it spray paint over it, like made his. He had it really personalized, um, but he got a makeshift trolling motor on it and all that. And he, you know, I guess he he was fishing for crappies. Um, he a lot of I don't know how smart this is, but a lot of guys on boats, what they do when they're fishing for crappies underneath the bridge, they'll they're usually when you see a bridge, you'll see some rope hanging out of the bridge, mm-hmm. um, and they'll they'll tie their uh, their boats. Well, this guy tied his kayak, and I guess there was a little bit of wind current, and it started filling up his kayak with water. So he decided to let go of the, you know, cut the rope loose. Um, and then he realized the kayak is about to go under. So he jumped out of the kayak, grabbed the kayak with one hand, and started dog pedal his way to the shore underneath the bridge, which wasn't far away. And I'm seeing this from a football field away. And as soon as I saw it, I booked it on my Hobie Outback, and I was just going straight at the guy to see, you know, if you need any help. But by the time he got, I got there, he was already in shallow water. Um, but he didn't have a PFD on his kayak. Like, I understand in Texas, you're not, you, you, you don't have to wear your PFD, but there has to be one in your kayak. I always yeah. wear mine. I That's always a wear mine. Too. You have to have but it's like, kayak. dude, how do you not have, like, I wanted to say a couple of things to him about it but i'm like you know what? he made it to show it so you know uh, we'll help him out and i help him out gathering some of the stuff we're floating away so i'm happy he was okay but it's how do you not have a 
freaking PFD on your kayak with a trolling motor on it. You know, it's just, I, I get what you say, man. It's, it's sad and it's, it's something that can be totally avoidable if people just be, have two cents on it, you know. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Totally. It's it's only a matter of time that you're going to go in the water. Uh, it's, it's, it is the nature of the sport that we, we yeah. partake in, man. It's, and uh, especially I, I, the, the lady in California, I mean, she was on a boat with her child, and yeah. I mean, I'm surprised the child even survived because he was just left stranded on the boat. I'm like, think of at least your kids. I mean, holy cow. So, yeah. And I've only heard bits and pieces of the story, but like, <clears throat> from what I understand, they were swimming in the water. The kid had its life jacket on. And after she went under, the kid climbed back in the boat itself. And it was like three or four years old. And it was out there by itself till, you know, I guess somebody discovered it or something. Yeah. Crazy. Sad, but, but now, now that child has to grow up without a mother, because she, uh, like I, I, I hate you know it, it's such a kind of a touchy way to go about this subject because yeah. you don't want to sound condescending about like like oh you don't wear your life jacket make people think they like you are self righteous because you wear your life jacket but it's 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 not like that you know we don't want children having to grow up without a parent or all that yeah Ah. all right (laughs) so So, where should we start uh so you're you're still you're fishing out of an outback right yeah we'll be outback that's actually what i am fishing out of so nice i love i'm happy to hear that man (laughs) i love it so uh we uh ryan and i were talking like uh we'll get your top three techniques what what is your go-to your confidence man um jerk bait surprisingly jerk bait because it's not an e- easy technique to i guess master but for whatever reason as soon as i started fishing out of uh, uh with a jerk bait i've had tons of success with a jerk bait just uh, around docks especially um i love to use it as a search bait when i'm going from point if i'm looking at the navionics and maps whatever the charts um and i'm going from point a to point B. And I figured, you know, I'm not fishing th- all the way from point A to point B. I just want to get from this point to that point as soon as possible. I just usually throw in a jerk bait that's, you know, uh, depending on the depth of the lake, but I try to throw something that'll get that 
10 to 15 feet suspended bass that are so hard to take. And I just start paddling to from, you know, from again, from point A to point B. And the amount of times that I've actually caught something, you know, bass and big bass that I just suspended is it, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, I'm not even looking for them. I'm just saying, well, while I'm at it, let me just throw something out there. So that's the way that I mostly use the jerkbait. Um, and I found tons of success. Uh, now, it's not my favorite way to fish it, but I've, I'm just saying it. I'm, I recommend anybody that's, you know, wants to learn bass and, you know, you're in a tournament. If you need to go from point A to point B, throw a jerkbait, you know, and start trolling it on your way to your other spot. You know, you never know. And I've, and I found like, tons of bass that way and big bass as well you get those suspended bass that are so hard to get sometimes and uh and again on docks um my best day on a jerkbait i was i i was looking at the weather the the night before and it said thunderstorms rolling in at 12. now it's texas it's you know it's crazy here so i figured okay i'll, I'll be at the lake by 6 a.m before the thunderstorm hit and come back by the time i got to the lake thunderstorms have rolled in at 6 a.m. And I already have my uh, kayak and everything ready to go. I already uh, got it out of my pickup truck. I was ready to go. All of a sudden, boom, I was like, I'll just have to go back to the car and wait it out. And it lasted a couple of hours. Like it was one after another, one after another. Um, so in between uh, storm cells, I would just cast out of the bank waiting for all of it to go and just watching it on the, uh, on the app. Until finally, like a couple hours later, there were, the storms were gone. Now it was a day that was supposed to be like a hundred degrees out there. So I didn't take any top water. I didn't take any, uh, anything for top water, but what happened was that weather cooled down the water so much. And after the storm passed, there was no winds at all. And all of a sudden it was top water heaven. I mean, bass exploding everywhere. And I later find out the reason for that is that cold water starts descending um and bait fish start coming up so it started bringing the bass and it was one cast after another with the i was like what do i throw i, I left all the top water at home or in the car um so what the heck do am i gonna throw so i figured let me throw a jerk bait and it was like for the first 10 casts it was just you know throw it in boom boom bam and got it got, i mean it was one after another one after another so I immediately fell in love with uh, fishing for jerkbait. I think that was the first time I used a jerkbait. Um, and then I guess the – go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, did you say you – but you troll it when you're going from point A to point B. I never even thought to try that. Oh, man, so. it's it's crazy. That At that day specifically, I wasn't trolling. I was just throwing right, it right. out there. But, yeah, no, from that, that's what I like to do just so I can get the feel for the lake. Um, some people might say it's like, oh, that's kind of like cheating – I know I've heard comments on on posts and all that about people. Some people hate trolling, and I get why. It's not what I do. Uh, what I ordinarily do, I just say from point A to point B. Let me find out. Especially if I'm a body water that I've never been, you know, and I see suspended bass at ten or fish at least at that ten to fifteen. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do if I need to point from point A to point B and see what happens. And I, and again. A lot of times I, I end up catching a big bass that I wasn't expecting. A lot of times it doesn't work, but you'd be surprised how much it works. Okay. See, I've heard Susie Roloff talk about doing that. And in her league, like you're not allowed to like troll, like put it in a fish or like a rod holder and as and do the all that. But if you got a pedal drive, you know, see, 
I, th- I believe she said her loopholes she did with that. She keeps it in her hand and she like she pedals and kind of trolls that way with it still in her hand. That way, yeah. you know, it's kind of a loophole in the rule where she can still kind of troll, but you know, they're happy. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've heard that too. <laughs> I've actually heard that. But you asking about my three? I think that's the main one. Um, Senkos, um, flipping Senkos. I mean, I started recently. Um, and shout out to Flugmaster. He actually posted a video a couple of months ago called the Forgotten Rig, and it's that Senko with a little weight on one side, like a Neko rig, but Texas rig on one side and a Neko weight on the other. Oh my God, that thing, especially on spawning, that thing will land you huge bass, man. I I love that technique. It is it is essentially like a, a cross between a net rig and a Neko rig, but it's uh, weedless. And I've thrown it on grass. I flip it underneath docks. I've used it. I'll I'll add a heavier weight, uh, nail weight on it, and I'll use it for uh, more deep um, ledges. And that's my other favorite technique, man. That thing is that's uh, that's the easiest. And he mentioned it on the video. I'm like, well, if he mentioned it, I'll give it a try. And sure enough, man, that's the easiest way to catch a fish. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of success I've had with that. And not to go too long with it, I think my other one is crankbaits. You know, uh, that's me, uh, my other favorite one. Now, I, for the life of me, you're trying to get better at uh, uh, jigs, but jigs, did, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I struggle so much with fishing on jigs. Mine's having difficulty there with this. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, was, I was looking at your bullseye. Oh, the bullseye. And, and yours is... You know, we both got them here, but like mine's inside the bracket. And I notice your bracket goes underneath it, and I'm like, "Wait, what's going on? Am I wearing it right?" Or I may be wearing I, it wrong. I, I don't know. Do, do you it, have? Do you have? John, it like, what do you think? Which one's I, the right way? I, I, I mine is like Ryan's. Yeah. That's how I. Oh, noticed. then I got it wrong. My well, bad. I just I don't got know how. It. It, did you, you have, stick it on there? It just it sticks there. That's what I thought. Oh, but no, that makes sense. Okay. Let me fix that. <laughs> maybe maybe yours I'll is the right if way. it works it works i was just yeah. trying oh man but wait a minute so let me look at yours i know we're getting off subject here how does <laughs> yours i you maybe yours is the way it's supposed to be i don't well, know I, mean, I, we'll I, think you can, I think you can do it really however you want to as long no, as no it makes sense because you have a little like cup holder oh yeah you're right yeah, yeah you're right God, i'm such an idiot look how embarrassed <laughs> that's embarrassing Look, you, you Can we edit this show? out? <laughs> I was hoping to get uh, sponsored by Angler, but then I got sponsored. And I was like, look at this idiot wearing this all wrong. God, uh, at least I'm in the bass fishing for noob segment, you know? Yeah, you come here. Yeah, you're in the right place. place. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the right place, right? <laughs> you, you come to teach us stuff, and, I'm, and you're learning from us. What? <laughs> I'll have to fix it. Hold up. Yeah, all this time. And I kind of saw it. I was like, maybe I'm doing it wrong. But there you go. You see, I learned something about always learning with Ryan and Sean, man. Always. <laughs> what we're here for? Why we do this? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm gonna have to try the that forgotten rig, man, because I, I, I was reading about um, they, they're calling it the little child rig, and it's, it's basically a big uh, TRD, almost like, uh, like not the small, the three inch or whatever they are. It's like the five inch one, and it's Texas rigged at the top with a some kind of weight in the bottom. So it sounds similar to that. And I remember seeing that Fluke Master forgotten rig too, um, but uh, I will have to try that more. I have caught one or a few fish on the 
the what they call it the little child rig and uh so i'm gonna try it with senkos now too that now that you say that is that the the wire to fish video because i know wire to fish made one i haven't seen that's the one right I haven't, yeah i haven't seen it but i saw their post and i'm like oh that's the same that's it's, the same that foodmaster did yeah pretty much it uh the, they use like the z-man um shroom weights where you just kind of push it yeah. into the bottom That's of the a, instead yeah. of a nail weight but uh yeah it's basically the same thing so and it, it is very weedless like i was throwing it down through uh like trees with uh underwater trees and it was coming right through the branches and everything so it's definitely good for that no it is and the only th that and now that we're talking about him maybe we can it's, it is fast bass fishing for noobs so we can share that tip i use the trd if i'm shallow because okay. you stand up but if I'm going to deep ledges, like I'm saying deep ledges, 15, 20 feet, I don't like the TRD. The reason for it takes too long to get down there because the TRD right. floats, right. especially if you use that big Magnum TRD. Yep. My, the one that I've gotten the best result on, and this is, I mean, shameless plug or not, but I'm, I'm not sponsored by them, is the, God, I forgot what it was now. Of course I did. Good thing you're I think not it sponsored was the power, by them. Brickley's Power Bay, they have like, a big um i think it's the six inch um single style mm -hmm. that one with the the green with the purple uh flakes on that thing that has gotten me so much i've tried the dark uh the black and blues and all that and sometimes works on stained water but that green with the uh purple flakes on on the power uh berkeley's power bait and they're pretty style. i was gonna say they're pretty heavily scented too aren't they yes yes yeah. they are I, my Paul Strom, who we've had on here, was just showing me those. The I went fishing with him not long ago, and he was showing me. That's what he likes as well. So, hopefully, I'm not spilling his secret sauce there. But uh. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a great. I recommend anybody trying, it. and it's so easy to cast and so easy to retrieve. I mean, it's there's no really wrong way of doing it. But that's the only difference that I would recommend. If you're going for deep, um, you may not want to do the TRD um, just because it takes longer. The advantage of the TRD is it it stands up. Now, when you're going for shallow, if you do the small TRDs, and you you have to have a light wire hook because when I started throwing the TRDs, I would have like a heavy wired hook on it. And the thing about it is that wire hook would bring it down just like a senko because it's the hook. And I don't have any of my baits here with me, but basically the you Texas rig it and the the hook is right at the top like right at the at the very tip of the top so right it does, even if you have a trd if you have that regular four inch trds it's and you have a heavy wired hook it's gonna it's gonna topple to the side once it hits the water so just because you're using a trd doesn't mean it's gonna float like a like a, a net rig you have to have either uh if you have it on a lot uh, uh as a light setup like i do i have it on uh uh, sp uh spin cast um medium i think yeah medium and a, a six pound test uh floral then i use a light wire hook and then the trd is gonna it's gonna stand up and stay that way but you have to use a light wire hook otherwise it's gonna topple over if you're looking for that action where it stays standing up that's definitely a good tip thank you freebie so so okay, standard TRD versus the big TRD. Go. Okay. What do you like? 
What do I like? Which one? I've, do I... I've, I've never used the big TRD. To me, it's like, why not just go ahead and use a Cinco? But well, the big, the big TRD. What I like is, it's, if you, I would like. I like it when it's when I'm trying to go. If I can see on the graph the big bass over there, um, and it's not that deep, you know, I'm talking about ten feet. Um, then I yet like to use that TRD that has that shad color uh, or pattern. You, know, it's kind of like black uh, on one side and kind of like silver back on the other one. I love to use that TRD for that. Now that is a heavy TRD. So you have to put the biggest um, shroom head you can get. And I don't know how many sizes they come. Um, but that's the thing about Z-Man. They're, they're cheap, but you have to buy their shroom head. You can't use a regular style head. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. That you would use on a regular Senko because it's not going to work. It's, you know how it's the thing about TRDs, it's, it's very finicky. You know, you can't mix it with other plastic because I found out the hard way. I lost about, I don't know, about $20 in soft plastic oh. when I... When I opened the box the next day, everything <laughs> smelted. I'm like, what the heck? It's winter. <laughs> what happened here? And I finally, I texted a friend of mine and says, did you mix your TRDs with them? I'm like, yeah, and you can't do that. So I learned the hard way. So if you don't know that, do not mix your Z-Man with anything, any other soft plastic. But so that's the thing about Z-Man. You know, I love them, but they're really finicky when it comes to that. You know, you need your own storage space. You need your own net rigs and your own hooks. It in my love and hate relationship with them is they're great, they're durable, but it's a nightmare to, 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 um, to, I don't know, how do you call it, to thread the hook on it, you know, to get him to come just right. It's, yeah. I don't know why I struggle with it so much. Um, but so I love the big TRDs for, for that, for when I'm trying to get a, you know, uh, if they're actively feeding, and they're, you know, they're out there on the prowl, then I'll use that big TRD, try to land a big bass. You're not going to get a, as much bass as you would with with the, just like the typical six-inch uh, six TRDs. Um, but, I mean, you have a chance of landing that big bass just because of the size of it. Yeah. So, uh, okay, you said you're in the Hobie Outback. Are you more of a... Uh... A lake fisherman or a river fisherman? Uh, lake. I, I love to be more active on rivers. There's there's a couple of rivers around here. Mostly creeks, though. Um, but, yeah. I heard Texas has got good rivers. Well, maybe not near a particular well, area. Well, I, I so mean, much. they have creeks. They have close to where I, li I live. They have a few creeks um, that are great uh, and uh, for fishing, especially on uh, – March and April when the sand bass run, oh my God, that's sand bass heaven right there. There's, I mean, you can get a limit any day. If you get, if you get on that two week window and, and you get them just right on that, on up uh, creeks uh, that are feeding into big lakes, man, you get, you, you get a li 25 limit real quick on sand bass, which I love. 
But uh, going back to your question, I would love to get more involved in river fishing. There's a lot of river around here, the Guadalupe, the Trinity is, I've done the Trinity, but it's kind of disgusting as well, especially when, because um, it goes right, right through downtown Fort Worth and then right to downtown uh, Dallas. But there are some big fish there. Um, but I would love to go into deep uh, backwoods um, uh, river and creek fishing. I want to, my, that's my next thing. I want to get a kayak for my wife, which is- I hear you. I'm <laughs> in the same boat, man. It's gonna be my river, <laughs> which is going to be my river fishing, you know, which, when we can spend time together, you know. But that's what I, and I've been looking at a few. I've been looking at that sheer water, man. That's, the only thing, it's kind of big. It's kind of like long. My, my thing with uh, with uh, creek or skinny waters, I want a kayak where I can lay my rods down. I mean, because you, so often you got to go through brush and trees and all that. And I, it's a headache just trying to get your rod out of it and come back and, and put it back again and all that. Well, see, that's why I, on my milk crate, I made my uh, my rod holders horizontal, so my rods stick straight out the back, just just for that reason. Well, my fear with that is if I'm turning into tight place, spaces, knowing how clumsy I can be, I'm just gonna break my rods on you know on a bend or something on a sharp turn or something against a rock or a timber or something. That's why I like them on the side. Um, so I've been struggling to find a re like the perfect river kayak fishing for my budget. I was watching Christian Fisher did a great video on trying to kind of sell the idea of Hobie PA and P12 going on rivers. And I, I that video was pretty cool. It almost got me convinced of throwing a, a, a PA on a river. Um, so that that was a really good video. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but that was a, that was a really interesting video. Um, I mean, I didn't, would never think uh, to even consider it, uh, but with the new pet, uh, fins that um, kick back, um, that that's actually pretty good. I, I mean, I was convinced. I saw the video. I was like, man, that's it's not a bad idea. Well, Sean takes takes his out back on on uh, Susquehanna, Susquehanna I, River. Yes, I do, and it, it, it and there are signs where it gets a little sketchy. Um, like they, I do have the kick up fins, but um, it only works if you're going the direction you know. Like, so if I let yeah. myself drift backwards and my fins are still facing forwards, if I hit something behind me, it's bad news. So, yeah. oh man, just yesterday, you know, I, I finally got my bite FD back <laughs> and I took it out yesterday out on uh, Duck River. And I was, I, I was fishing and everything, and I was, I was kind of in the middle of the river and like I was floating forward and I, needed to back up so i start pedaling real hard backwards and all of a sudden i hit something i still don't know what i hit because i'd been throw, throwing in that area and i wasn't getting snagged on anything or anything and all of a sudden i hit something i don't know what it was and i was like oh, i done broke a prop or something on this thing already but everything was fine i don't know if i hit a fish or something or huh. what <laughs> you know, I, 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 did, I, I did see some uh, decent-sized gar swimming around in there, so maybe one swam up and I smacked it, or, or I don't know. But, man, it scared me. I thought I done broke something on the kayak. 
Well, and I, I had my Susque- or my uh, outback out on the Susquehanna just last week, and but right now it is so low. I was spending more time paddling than pedaling because uh, I had to keep you know one foot forward, one foot back, and keep the pet or the the uh, fins up against the hole because it was so shallow. And I still ended up you know uh, kind of scraping the bottom. I was like, yeah, you know, so it's definitely not an ideal river boat. So I was, I'm kind of in the same boat. I was looking to replace my daughter's kayak with something <laughs> a little bigger, you know, so, so definitely see, know what you're talking about. See, I would like to, uh, get my wife a kayak as well, <laughs> but the only thing, if, if I'm gonna do it, I want, it's going to be kind of like a throw and go boat. In a way, like yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be something you know that comfortable seat and everything, but lightweight where I can just pick it up and put it on my shoulder and go. It's hard to find a boat right now, like, especially. Well, oh, well, yeah. yeah, but I'm. I was gonna say it's hard to find a boat that will that meets those qualifications that will hold a 260 pound guy in all his gear. That uh, I think it's the Mulkin, the feel free, the new feel free that came out. I've been looking into that one because it's not expensive at all. It's like less than seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lightweight and and it has that keel that doubles as a little roller wheel. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it That's has that. I like feel free. Yeah, and it has those uh, rod holders with the tip protectors on the side. You can put because if I'm river fishing, I'm not taking. When I go to a lake, I'll take seven rods, especially if I'm in a tournament. And I, and I know that sounds like a lot, but, I mean, I've talked to guys that bring, like, 12 rods, and I'm like, that is... We got some here on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, for a river, I would only take, like, maybe one or two. That's, I mean, I'm just saying that maybe for a start river fishing, I'll yeah. just see I took 12 three rods. <laughs> I took but, three with me yesterday. Yeah. But I would love to get more involved in river fishing for sure. Man, I, I like it. Like, where I've been going, I've been paddling up, or I guess yesterday, paddling upriver. But, like, you come up on these, like, these little, I don't even know really what, to, I, I say rapids, but I guess maybe, like, riprap, and all it's real shallow, and, you know, the water gets a little faster and all that. But, uh, you know, it comes a point in that where i got to get out and walk up through it and pull in my kayak, and, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I love that. It feels more like I'm an adventure than just fishing. <laughs> I think I've said that before, but you know, that's what it is to me. And so like, it kind of sucked in a way yesterday because I waited till later to get out and, <laughs> and it was already like 90 something degrees and I'm dragging this kayak up through all this, <laughs> man, I was burning up and I'm out of shape anyways. So. <laughs> and the other thing about river fishing, which gets me a little bit of, uh, if I want to go river fishing, I, that one I would love to go with somebody else. Like I can go to a lake by myself, but river fishing, I yeah. like somebody else because of the dynamics of it, especially here in Texas. I I recorded an episode with um, with Manny Varela from Skinny Water Boys TV. He's gone through this, and so has Eric from Hook Up, Eric Celerio, Celerio, I think. Anyway, Eric from Hook Up the Grind, those two of my favorite YouTubers, they do a lot of uh, river fishing here in Texas. Um, and they gone, and it's it's Texas, man. It, they gone through stuff. And I actually recorded an episode with uh, Manny Barella about this. 
the amount of times that where they have people just pulled out a gun and either shot at the water next to them or shot in the air or just trying to shoot them, it's crazy. Here in Texas, it, it's it's just crazy, man. I don't. I love Texas. I'm not hating on Texas. I love Texas. I loved it. I live here. But there has been, and he has recorded in it. And one thing that I uh, talked about in that episode, this wasn't clickbait. Because I know there's, you know, we all know. We all know who they are. They bring the clickbait on. But this is more them just fishing on the Guadalupe River on, up on, like, feeding creeks and all that. And all of a sudden, you get a landowner pull the gun and start shooting up in the air or shooting uh, at the water trying to scare you off. I'm like, it's not about clickbait. This is actually what he's going through right now. And they've got it. I mean. His his last uh, video that he did that that happened. He was at the end. You can see, man. He was just like, man, I'm tired of this. It's just, just, just because you're a landowner doesn't mean you own the river. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. And it's, even, yeah, as, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, as somebody, you know, I, I don't really want to get too political on here, but as somebody that's pro Second Amendment and carries yeah. a gun and owns several guns, like that, to me, that dude is a butthole for to keep it clean and you know really don't need to own a gun that's the type of person that don't need to own a gun you know trying to use it as a scare tactic for somebody that's not threatening him you know to me to me a, a gun it can, it can be for pleasure uh hunting you know, self like it, yeah yeah exactly that's that's what i was gonna get at you know as long as the pleasure is used the right way, you know, go to a range or something and shoot off a few rounds. But, but yeah, the, the, it shouldn't be used like that as like a scare tactic. It shouldn't be used as intimidation for somebody that's not doing yeah. anything wrong. Right, especially, yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. my point. That's where it becomes impossible. And, again, I'm not going to get political on this and all that. I, mean, yeah. I have no problem with the Second Amendment or anything like that. Having said that, there has to be a certain type of responsibility. You have a gun either to hunt or to protect yourself. Um, if you hunt, then you hunt. If you need to protect yourself because you really feel there's a threat that you could be harmed. Not because, oh, you see a guy in a kayak. Well, if the guy's in a kayak, chances with two or three kayaks, chances are he's not there to rob you because it's not really a getaway <laughs> yeah. vehicle, now, is it? <laughs> so... It's more like you don't want him on your land and you just want to intimidate it. And that's where it becomes irresponsible. And that's why I think you, me personally, again, nothing against the Second Amendment. I, I have nothing against it. But that's individuals that maybe, maybe should be considered not having a gun. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion on it. When you're using, just using it to intimidate other people for no reason other than your own personal interest, which has nothing to do with self-preservation. Well, to me, that's that's close to the same thing as brandishing a firearm, which I know here in Tennessee is illegal. You know, like just to skip, you get to an argument with somebody and you pull your shirt up and show your pistol, you know, that's brandishing a firearm. You know, that's illegal here. I don't know about Texas. I would assume that it would be, but... Well, uh, Texas, we have, I think we have open carry, so if you have a concealed weapon, you're allowed to... You should. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You you open carry, but like, if you're like, I don't know, if you like, you just can't it, wave your gun. Pull around. it out, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the same thing. I mean, that's common sense, but I don't, I don't know well, anything what, about. What's the law as far as the river goes up there and landowner? Like, do they, like, do you, can they own part of the 
river there. I know it's different from state to state. Well, that's that's why we recorded an episode on it because I before we recorded an episode, I saw what happened to him, and I've seen him, him and like I said, and hook up the ground. I gone through much of it that I thought maybe you should make a video, maybe you should make a podcast dealing with this because this is serious. So I said before I start, you know, blabbing my mouth something I don't know. Let me you know let me do some research so i did some research um mainly through the texas and wildlife uh, parks department website um and it's it's so i mean it it comes to a point where it's just stupid i mean this says the 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 river is defined either by state or statue or by logic or something like that and then says well statue doesn't there's no way to measure statue so so why even have it something like that. it was something stupid but basically it there's so many factors if you have like lands that were bought from uh mexican laws and i i'm not a history buff on texas i'm assuming this is more southern texas um but i guess there were some land grants from mexico that now that eventually you know those became you know now territory of the United States, whatever it was. But anyways, if it was a Mexican grant land, then the law may applies differently. That one is whether, regardless of the size of the river or creek, you couldn't own it. Because back then when those grant uh, land grants were done, um, those creek, uh, there was no plumbing. So those were a source of life for people living, you know, all the way to where the creek ends. So you couldn't own it. You couldn't own those creeks, no matter how shallow, how um, how dried up they were, or you know, or or their depth or everything. You just couldn't own them. So that part of Texas, if you happen to have uh, Mexican grant land, you can't, you cannot own the the creek, no matter how small it is. If it's not a Mexican grant land, then it is defined by if it's navigable, navigable, and that is. I mean, we can make we can talk for hours about that. I mean, it's it's crazy if it measures. It has to measure at least three thirty feet, I think, wide or something like that. Average between the mouth and the end of the the creek. So even if you have a portion that's only five feet wide, but the rest of the quarter mile uh, or three quarter mile on a mile long creek is fifty feet wide, then those five feet are not considered navigable. You know, it's just, it's just one, it was just one thing. There was even, there's no way to really put, like, to define whether you can own it or not. Then there's land, there's um, uh, land deeds that say that you're the owner of the river, but the state doesn't recognize it. So it says you're the owner. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> so you, own, you own the bottom of the river, but you don't own the water, is what the state says. It's just, it's just stupid, man. It's just, I mean, we, I was like, yeah, good luck with this. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah. it's crazy stuff. It's. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. 
Well, and you yeah. mentioned about not going alone on the river, and I think that's a good idea just in general because of the way um, uh, the rivers can be. It's not like a lake where you're not going to, you know, current can do crazy things, and if you're by yourself, then, um, then um, you know, you're not exactly safe, so... Yeah, no, it's crazy. Even wildlife and stuff like that. I mean, it's just so many things could go wrong, and you get those flash floods where it's not, where it's not raining where you are. It can be like great summer weather, but a few miles up, you get a thunderstorm with heavy rain, and that's gonna come down without any warning. You're just gonna take, and it's gonna take you wherever it's gonna take you. So that's the other thing. You may not notice. You know, oh, it's great weather. It's not raining. Few miles further up, you get one of those Texas storms that just dumps tons of water on you and uh, up river, and then you don't even know you get blindsided by it, and God knows where that's going to take you. Right, right, yeah, that and that's happened actually to me. You know, uh, I remember one time I went out and the the wind was supposed to be it was it was it was windy when I went out and it was supposed to get better and it actually got worse. And um, I ended up, I was like, I'm just going to paddle upstream knowing that I'll have to drip back downstream to where my car is. And I ended up uh, catching a fish, but it got all snagged in my, uh, in the line. And so I pulled up everything, had everything sitting in my lap, unt untangling it. And by the time I looked up, I had floated back downstream way past the truck. And then I had to pedal or pat actually I had, that was back which one I had my Tusa and I had to paddle like crazy just to get back to the ramp. And, you know, it, it definitely wasn't easy and made me learn about uh you know making sure i keep my surroundings in in mind and and how far away i am from my truck and knowing i have to make it back to the truck so yeah. we got a few of the texas wildlife department parks and wildlife department does a great job of having some trails they have one to guadalupe uh, and by trails it's just it'll have an exit enter sign and an exit sign for the kayak so they'll know you know where it's safe and all that. Um, and they have a few one, a few one Guadalupe. They have one a uh, few minutes from where I live. Um, I tried that one. Um, I only saw guards and car uh, and carp and alligators. That's the only thing I saw. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's not for me. Um, I could not catch a bass on that. I that's the only thing I saw. But they have a few trails like that where it's just like you know you can go and they'll you can download the map and they'll tell you where is the safest way to exit and enter and stuff like that so there's a few i uh that i've been trying to to try i did try the uh brussels river so uh brussels river has a few lakes in between reservoirs you know it has the possum kingdom and then it has whitney further down south so i tried the brussels river after the whitney dam and that's my first experience of fishing on a river i love that man and i really would love to go back and and give that a try because um, that is an amazing experience, just um, fishing in, in a river. That's something that I'm really hoping to get into more and more uh, each time. But yeah, it's, it's, a great, it's a great change of pace from a lake. And plus, you don't get all the boaters. Right. Yeah, it kind of, the first time I went over on Duck River, it kind of blew my mind. Like, you know, I went up river where I couldn't even get through the kayak. I had to drag it over like this no. pea gravel because it got so shallow right there. And as I was coming back down, you know, somehow a bigger boat, I guess it had a jet drive motor on it, uh, was coming down the river from that way. I'm like, how did you get through there? 
<laughs> it kind of blew my mind, but so I, I didn't think I was going to have to deal with any boaters then, but I, I did. But they're, they're far and few between, you know. That's the only people that's got, like, the jet drives and stuff. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, you got any any more questions? for Omar? I was going to ask you, so you've talked to a lot of people, gotten a lot of good advice. What do you think is the best piece of advice you've gotten? Oh, man, that's, that's a hard hard question let's see man the the one with dan perry um we did uh fishing for ledges i thought that was great i do want to mention something for those out there that are learning to do kayak fishing there is such a thing as too much information um and i'll give you a perfect example i went i was uh pre-fishing in ray roberts uh for the slay nation tournament um and i did uh like I went three times before the actual tournament. Um, and I found some bass. I found my biggest bass so far. It was 22 and I think it was 22 and a half, 22 and three quarters. Um, and it was, I figured it out, you know, where they were. You know, it would, they were on grass. There were some, some ledges. Um, so they were kind of spread it out everywhere. So I really thought, you know, man, I, could, I really could use a few more of those big bass because that was the the other ones were just like in the 15 16 inch but that 22 inch was like man and i that's the only one that i caught on a semi-deep ledge something like 15 17 feet um using the chatterbait on the uh uh the not the jackhammer the one and one quarter uh, the one and one quarter ounce jackhammer uh i love that's that. a heavy jackhammer that's, yeah. a, that's a, the the heaviest one so that's okay. how i caught it now, between the, my pre-fishing and my tournament, I recorded a segment with Dan Perry, and we're talking about uh, finding bass on deep ledges. Um, and he introduced me to um, fishing the moment, which had, well, I had seen before, but I never really gotten into deep fishing moment. Great, great way to learn. He is a good, yeah. It is a great learn, but if you're brand new at kayak fishing or bass fishing, you have to pace yourself because th there's a lot of information there that if you're not ready for it don't think you, just by listening to him you're gonna grab it you have there's a lot of things you put in practice so i i talked to dan perry on uh we did, recorded that episode on fishing big um for big big bass and ledges i brushed up on fishing the moment which also had a few episodes dedicated to finding big bass on deep ledges so tournament time came um and uh it was night the water was almost 90 degrees um since early in the morning like my i was it's six in the morning the sun is still hasn't completely come out i stepped my foot in the water and it was the water was harder than the <laughs> air around it I, I felt like i was going into a sauna i was like god this is hot water right now um so i immediately thought they're gonna be deep and i just talked to dan perry about it i just watched all these videos and i struggled mightily on it so I kept looking for deep ledges. I kept uh, trying to get and I could see them on the graph, but I, I wasn't able to get them hooked. I would go back to the bank for a little bit, see if I can find something. I got a couple of bites. I missed a big one, but I still kept getting going into deep ledges, thinking they're going to be there. I mean, the water's 90 degrees. There's not a cloud in the sky. Tournament ended. I got skunked. Didn't catch anything. I was fishing next to another guy. Um, 
he was ha he was going the same idea that I had. He actually caught a 12-incher five minutes before lines out, uh, right at half a feet of water. So tournament ended. Uh, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm very humble in the sense that, and I thought that sounds crazy to say. Well, I'm very humble, but what I meant to say is, like, I'm I'm not above asking somebody for help and asking them how they do it. So, the guy who won the tournament also got the biggest bass, and he caught a 23 and a quarter, 23 and three quarter inch bass. Um, and I asked him, "How do you do it?" It is just like flipping a senko and and foot and a half of water. And here I am trying all day going on deep ledges, trying to find the big bass, and everybody that on the top three on that tournament, all their big bass came on foot, three foot of water, foot and a half to three foot of water. And that goes to show you, you I've forgotten what I learned in the pre-fishing and just thought, okay, well, this is how it's supposed to be done. I have been doing it wrong. If I would have stuck with what I did in the pre-fishing, I may not have won, because. Good lord, he got a twenty-three and a quarter bass, an inch bass. But you might have caught that bass beforehand. Yeah, I might have <laughs> been in the money, or at least not gotten skunk. Um, and that's the thing about it. When when you, my recommendation to anybody out there is, you're gonna get great info, great tips. Learn what to use, and don't get away from what you already know. What what you when you start learning to do kayak bass fishing or bass fishing generals. There comes a time where things kind of become an instinct. Like I have an instinct for me to use a chatterbait and a jerkbait. Those, uh, those are the, I think, and I didn't mention that in my top three. I should have mentioned that. Those are the three that I feel very com. Those two that I feel very comfortable throwing. So if you're gonna try a different technique that you're not comfortable with it, make sure you're taking the time to practice it and do it uh, consciously. And what I mean by that is you're going to, for me, for example, I struggle with jigs. So there's going to be a day when I'm going to go out there and it says, regardless if I skunk or not, I am just going to try to work a jig and find the most and try to get the best results out of it. Because I want to learn. I want to be a better all around fisherman or kayak fisherman. So I need to work on my, not only my, my confidence bait, but the ones that I struggle with. Now, if that's what you're doing, that's great that you're making a conscious decision that you're probably going to get skunked, but you're trying to practice, get better at something that you struggle. That you should totally do. But when you're out there and you just want to catch big fish and you don't care how it is, you just want to have a good day in the water, forget about any tournaments, forget about landing a limit. You just want to enjoy yourself and catch fish. Then understand you don't always go with, oh, I just saw this video. Because we tend to do that, especially if you're new. I used to do that a lot. Oh, I just saw this video, so I have to do it. Turns out that video does not apply in this, uh, the geographic that you live or the season or that specific lake that just doesn't have that uh, attributes that that the lake in that, or in that video did. So grab information and then learn how to apply it before you go out there and think that you're going to have success on it. I think that's definitely some good advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I got long winded on it, but yeah, fishing for deep legends doctor with Dan Perry, that was still a great information. I did well with Chris Santoro too on how to do finesse uh, uh, drop shots on uh, deep structure. That one helped me out a lot. I got a great tips on that. Um, 
and then being others um my first uh, my first podcast was with a guy named mark gamboa from south carolina he, he all he throws is swim bait so i learned a lot from how to work a swim bait which at that point is something that i struggle with a lot so that's pretty when much you, all i throw now so, yeah <laughs> i understand yeah i can't really put it down and you mentioned the fish of the moment. I'd love to, I, I mean, I've thought about reaching out to him to have, uh, see if we could get him on here too. I just don't know how you would narrow down what you'd talk to him about because he is uh, a super wealth of knowledge as well. Yeah. But Man, um, I've, I've heard so many people talk about that. And I think I've seen like one or two videos. But I need I need to go look more into that because everybody I mean, talks. So I just like his, his diagrams and everything. Like he, yeah. you know, he doesn't just tell you, he shows you like in with pictures and moving diagrams and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. The and only see, thing that would be good for me because, you know, I, like you can tell me how to do something all day long. And I, I know this is kind of weird me doing a podcast where people are telling me how to do stuff, but uh, you can tell me how to do something all day long. Chances are I'm not going to catch on. When you show me, like I got visual yeah. of how to do it, then you know I start catching up. But you know the podcast kind of goes hand in hand. You know, what's your ideas? Go to YouTube. You know, what's what are they doing on YouTube? Kind of put what I got from the podcast on there, and that's kind of helped me with all that. But yeah, it's an extra tool if you're just relying on podcasts to learn. I mean, for those out there listening, if you're just relying on us teaching you then you're not going to get the full spectrum of it so you tie different things together you know time on the water watch a video um listen to a podcast and you kind of get all feels for it you know you listen to it on your way to work you had your headphones on uh, you know on your commute you watch it on video when you get a chance on your breaks you put it your time on the water and then those things eventually will come up the one thing i want to say about uh, fishing for a moment again i'm a big fan of it if you're learning if you just learn you've just gone into fishing Keep in mind, this this is like advanced level fishing. So you're going to struggle to try to keep up with what he's saying. If you're just like, like you're just starting to fish out of a bank or a kayak, you don't have a board. You do. He does a lot of great stuff with electronics. Mm -hmm. But if you're not at that um, level in mind, by I mean level where investment, you know, where you don't have where you can't, you don't have a boat or you don't have a kayak, you're just learning, then keep in mind, this is this will be a little bit overwhelming, kind of like same thing with tactical bassing. I love tactical bassing, but they break down everything so much that it's, uh, to me, it's like, ah, Lee, I'm getting a headache just listening <laughs> to this guy's. I mean, it's great information, but it's one of those things. If you're learning to go to um, kayak fishing and fishing in general, I mean, the ones that I recommend is Fluke Master. He he breaks it down. He's He kind of dumbs it up for us in such a, easier way to digest mentally than I think anybody out there. That's that's my personal opinion. Okay. What's that smile for, Ryan? Uh, <laughs> is there something wrong? No, I, no, 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 no. I just, sorry, I, I kind of, I had something pop up on my phone to open it up. You're the host, man. Come on. What example are you setting for me? I'm the new guy. I know, Ryan. Well, that's why I got my co-host who's not supposed to call me out about stuff. But, but uh, yeah, so uh, the Cumberland John had his own issues over there with all that. I'm trying to, like, get away from, you know, I, I thought I had the, you know, place to myself here, and then everybody's coming in. I thought you were going through an earthquake or something for a second. <laughs> I was like, I got to find a place where I can get back, you know, but no, it's all good. But no, so, 
one of the local kayak groups, um, Cumberland Kayak Trail, you know, like I just got a notification on my phone where uh, they posted their schedule. They, I don't know, we have the KBFTN that does like uh, spring to, you know, late summer-ish, you know, events. And then Cumberland Kayak Trail kind of does like off, like late summer to fall stuff. And they just announced like their schedule. And, uh, you know, usually all the tournaments are on, you know, Percy Priest Lake, Old Hickory Lake, and back and forth. And, you know, both of them are close to an hour or over an hour, depending on what parts of the lake they're going to for me. Well, they, uh, they have an event on Stones River in September, which is, is the same place and about the same time of year where I caught my PB last year. Uh, they have one on on Williamsport Lakes, which you never I never hear tournaments on on there. It's kind of a TWRA ran area. It's got like uh, four or five smaller lakes that are trolling motor only, all on the same property. So that should be interesting. Like I, so, the smile is about that because you know Williamsport's somewhere. That's where my previous PB came from, and uh, that's where my biggest bass of this year has come from. So basically, so, you didn't uh, listen to anything I said. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> He's just thinking about winning tournaments, man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm thinking about, like, they're kind of getting in my element with that. So I, I'm, uh, I'm happy about that. But, yeah, thanks for calling me out, Sean. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, man, so... um... Let's see. Is there anything else we need to cover? Anything you wanted to say? I mean, uh, thanks again for coming on, and we look forward to hearing the directions that you can take Paddle and Finn as well, man, because, I mean, we've gone in so many different directions just since I've started. I can't wait to see how many different directions we go with you. And, hey, and anytime you want to bring the Kayaking 101 back to Bass Fishing for Noobs, feel free to hit us up, man. Well, and that's, we thought, I talked to Brian about it, but the first thing he told me, I asked was like, how does Sean and Ryan feel about it? Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step over anybody's. And I honestly, the way you guys do it so much better, I was like, I don't, I don't see the point, you know, with it. I don't want to feel like, you know, like I'm going to compare myself now to how they do it. Um, So I was like, no, I mean, that's, that's their thing. You know, they've mastered that. They'll do it tons better than I can't do it. I don't so. know about master. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean, the point is phones. like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want that. I mean, I was like, no, I don't. I, and that's why I gave him the idea. And I guess we can mention that. So uh, starting July 26, every other Sunday, we're going to do a podcast in Spanish with William, my, one of my uh, uh, surfing buddies that is actually big into kayak fishing right now in Puerto Rico. Um, his name is Saul Ventura. So every other Sunday, we're going to um, record an episode in Spanish. Uh, we want to focus a lot on the Iron Kayaker, which is, I guess, is the KBF of Mexico. I know they use the KBF logo. Um, okay. Um, and I know, so I'm going to try to bring some um, maybe trail directors and tournament anglers. We want to 
uh, also focus on saltwater fishing, not necessarily um, shallow, uh, shallow or inshore, because I know Dustin does a great job about that, but more like open water kayak fishing, uh, offshore kayak fishing. Um, uh, we want to bring guys from everywhere from the uh, Spanish speaking community, whether it's in the United States, Spain, South Central America, uh, you know, um, and kind of grow the sport, grow paddle and fin, you know, and share information. I think uh, the more the sports grow, the more investors are going to come in and the more that you're going to see great products and uh, more com competitive prices. Um, uh, are gonna be available to us and that's the thing about it when when something grows we all go we all we all benefit from it even people that don't like the social media aspect of it and i can see why a lot of clickbait is thrown in and i'm not a fan of it but for those that do actually do social media or youtube and all that responsibly um and for the community first um for the tournament anglers and all that it's that's if the sports grows in popularity it's going to bring investors in and yes there is some negative negativity about monetizing some stuff but at the end i think each one of each one of us can make kayak fishing their own thing you don't have to do the whole social media thing and just ignore it if you're not a fan of it you can still go kayak fishing you can still do the tournament and if you're not a fan of tournament thing just if you do it just for the leisure of it you know just to enjoy yourself and get out of the house and kind of like clear your mind like i do a lot of times that's fine this is not the the sport is going to grow and it's going to it's not going to affect you if you if you do kayak fishing the way you want to do it but you're still going to benefit from great products that are kind of come out there because one company is going to either make a better product or lower their price on it and same thing for kayak not just fishing lord but kayaks too i mean we see how the landscape of kayak fishing uh and the companies some of them are merging some of them are dropping out and new ones are coming in so it's it's all i think it's great for everyone involved because everyone can benefit out of it so having it go internationally i think it's even going to be better not just battle and fin but just the community itself i agree yeah. All right, do you have any sponsors or anything you want to shout out? Uh, Douglas Rods. Um, I recently started uh, with Douglas Rods. Uh, I love Douglas Rods. I'm, I'm really proud of having that. That's my first big sponsor. Um, Congrats. Or kind of pros, thank you. Or pro staff, whatever you want to call it, business partner. Um, amazing Rods. Uh, I'm, they're growing. I'm helping them um, branch out here in Texas. That's one of the things that I'm, I'm working with uh, Douglas. Um, we don't have a dealer right now, but I've tried the Douglas rods. They're amazing rods. And you can, we can do a whole segment on, on rods because I've learned and I don't want to make this episode longer than you guys wanted to. But real quick, I've learned the hard way. I used to think that having an expensive reel um, is more important than having an expensive rod. So I would buy a $200 reel and maybe a $50 rod, because I think it's just a stick. And how ignorant was I? I've recently started using Douglas rods. Um, and I mean, the amount of fish that I would lose on the on on previous $50 rods compared to the what I'm using now with Douglas rods, it's, it's amazing. I never thought that having a great rod a high quality rod not just because it's durable it's gonna help you land more fish like i bought i don't i don't want to say the brand but i bought a rod 
$50 and I kept losing fish. And I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? I switched to Douglas rod, that same setup. And I, I think I only lost one and more than anything, because I was fishing for, I was uh, getting a chatterbait through grass and I think it grabbed the fish grabbed more grass and it grabbed the chatterbait or actually it was a jackhammer and it came off. You can see when it jumped out, it spit a bunch of grass out. So it wasn't even the rod's fault, but that's the only one. Even yesterday, I went to uh, Lake, no, Friday, I went to Lake Fork. And uh, I mean, I, 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 I have one rod with my old $50, uh, my $50 setup, my rod. It was an Abu Garcia. I had an Abu Garcia reel and a $50 rod, which I brought in as an extra one. And immediately, I lost like two big ones. And I switched mm -hmm. back to the Douglas rods because I don't even know. I wanted to bring as many rods as I can, so just so I won't be changing baits. So that's the only reason why I bought that $50 rod, which I threw it away after that. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to spend more time rigging and switching baits on my Douglas rods. And I mean, I did not lose a fish on it. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Everybody has their own. Um, and not just Douglas, but if, if you're learning to do kayak fishing, do yourself a favor. Don't think that you can get away with a cheap rod. You, not that you can't catch fish with a cheap rod. But you're gonna lose a lot more fish that you would that you would have if you have a, a high quality rod. I'm not saying spend five hundred dollars, but find a good deal on a good quality rod. Yeah, I, I just recently kind of started upgrading my rods from the cheaper ones, and you know it's kind of thrown me off. You know, I've been on this Kitech and underspin kick, and the bite feels completely different yes. on a higher quality rod so now i'm like is there like was, was that a bite you know they don't feel like what i what i'm used to you know i'm not used to feeling an actual bite i'm used to the rod just getting heavy and yes like, sitting the hook <laughs> and that and that's the thing for those that don't know it's just two things to me it's the sensitivity and the ability to pin down that bass and for those out there thinking what's pinned down, it's hard for me to explain. Maybe you guys can explain it more. But when you pin down that rod, it just means that it's not pulling that bait ripping out of its mouth. It has it. It's pinning it down. It's holding it down. It's not yanking it out of its mouth, which happens with a lot of times with a cheap rod, especially if you're going like a heavy, if you're going to a heavy, medium, heavy rod that's a cheap rod, you're going to rip it out of its mouth just because it doesn't have that parabolic bend that a more expensive rod has so instead of pinning it down it just rips it out of their mouth especially and that's that's the biggest thing the other thing and then i learned the first time i had that douglas rod i started casting and i cast it into some rip wrap and i nicked the line just a little nick on it i didn't notice when i was reeling it back in i could feel something as i was bringing the uh the bait up uh up to like six inches from the rod tip i was like something wrong is, is is my rod broken is my real something's wrong and i kept like i always keep every time i bring the bait in i was like i feel some something's wrong i did not imagine that that rod was so sensitive that i started looking at the line and sure enough there was a little nick on the line that was causing that little uh glitch i i don't know how to call it but that little uh roughness when i started reeling the uh the bait back in and that's what was causing it. And that's 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 how I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, I did not know a rod could do that. Like I could actually 
tell if it has a nick on the line just because of its sensitivity. So that's the two big reasons why, you, to me, you use uh, or try, you know, try to stay on your budget. I'm not telling anybody they need to spend $500. If you can afford a $50 rod, that's all you can afford. Hey, do it. But if you can save the money and get yourself a nice rod and try to find a good deal, you don't have to buy it. Nowadays, you don't have to buy anything at full price. You can always get a deal somewhere. Um, but try to get yourself a nice rod of sensitive and that's going to, you know, that parabolic bend that's going to have, especially if you are using a heavy rod, because those cheap rods, it'll rip it out of their mouth like crazy. Anyways. Right on. Uh, no, no, right there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on here no problem, and man. talking with us. Um, everybody, make sure you go check out Armando. Uh, now, I know you're every other Sunday. Are you going to be every well, Wednesday? Yeah, every Wednesday is going to be the Bass Kayak and Beers, which is going to be kind of like the segment that I had on my podcast was called The Real Life, which is just talking about um, life in general, you know, and and kayak fishing, not necessarily talking about baits and all that. It's just yeah. people that have a passion for kayak fishing with tournament anglers, content creators, just regular guy who loves kayak fishing and how life revolves around it, you know. Um, if, if everything works out well, I should have Cody, Cody Milton. It's going to be on Wednesday's episode. Awesome. We plan to record tomorrow. I'm super excited about having Cody Milton on the show. Um, so we're going to talk, again, talk about his life and how he gets to opportunity to fish all these tournaments and, you know, the experiencing of living the life we, all of us here in the show and most of the listeners out there wish we could live, you know. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a great episode. And then on the, every other Sunday starting July 26th, it's going to be in Spanish. It's going to be directly translate it's going to be remos y aletas which is paddle and fin in spanish so <laughs> it's going to be that, that's kind of cool yeah <laughs> i like that so uh, so everybody everybody start brushing up on your spanish now so you can <laughs> listen to that uh sean you uh yeah all right well guys thanks for checking us out again tonight um uh, Thank you, Armando, again, and um, this has been the Bass Fisher Noob segment of the Paddle and Fin Podcast. We're bringing you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thank you, guys. Love that. Later. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board shout out to jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent on all your jig and tackle needs oh that's awesome don't miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment 
Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.